If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 171. There are just certain things that I'm just not that good at. There are certain things I'm very, very good at. Stay, I try to stay in my genius zone. So that's what I would say is stay in your genius zone. That, that would be the advice I would give is when you find out what you're good at, try to stay there as long as you can, as much as you can, and, you know, automate, eliminate, delegate the other stuff because only you can do certain parts of your life. Make sure you're doing them. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. And today, like most Mondays, we've got another truly awesome interview as I got to sit down with Kevin Palamiri as we talk all about his story going from making that six figures, having that model girlfriend, having the nice car into kind of this depression and not really knowing what he wanted in life, where he was going, and possibly even the idea of taking his own life, going from there in that dark place in life into starting his own podcast and business called Next Level University, promoting self-improvement, positivity. Kevin has great energy and has a ton of knowledge to share. So I personally got a ton of value out of this episode and interview and very excited to share it with you guys. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Here is Kevin Palmieri. Kevin, well, first off, welcome to the Art of Awesome podcast. I'm stoked to have you here. Nick, I appreciate it. I listened to some episodes. I have to make sure I keep my energy up if I'm going to compete with you, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you uh, you, you like the energy. I'm, I'm sure we'll kind of bounce energy uh, easily on this show. But 
Kevin, you are the CFO and the founder and co-host of Next Level University, um, a global top 100 self-improvement podcast with more than 900 episodes as a podcaster. I know that's a lot. So wow, congrats to that. Uh, and you've you've reached over half a million people um, in over 120 countries. That's, I mean... First of all, the podcast, obviously, super successful, um, though you've got a pretty interesting backstory. So I kind of, before we got, go into just success in general and your podcast, um, maybe let's start off a little bit with kind of telling us your story, because if I'm correct, you've got almost, I don't know if it's a rags to riches story, but you've definitely got a, a bit of a backstory of kind of the the pre-success. Um, so kind of maybe just go ahead and, and start off like, what what did uh, your life look like before the podcast and kind of how did you get into Next Level University? Yes. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for the wonderful introduction. I, I very much appreciate it. So one of the through lines of my story, Nick, is I was raised by my mom and my grandmother and I didn't meet my father until I was 27. And I always like to start with that because to your point, there was a lot of adversity early on in my life, but sometimes your adversity becomes your advantage later on. So when all of my friends decided that they were going to go off to college, I didn't want to do that. I had no idea what I wanted to do in the world, but I knew it wasn't that. So as my friends were out meeting people and partying and having these what seemed like incredible experiences, I was pumping gas Monday through Friday from six in the morning till two in the afternoon at the town gas station. And that's where I was for several years. After that, I became a personal trainer. I worked at a hospital cleaning floors. I was a forklift operator. I was a truck driver. I was on-call firefighter. I was in construction. I did a lot of different things because I never really knew what I wanted to do. But I ended up getting this unique opportunity to do a job called weatherization. So we would go into state or government-owned buildings, and we would make them more energy efficient, whether we worked in the attics or we worked on the windows or whatever it was. And the beautiful thing is, since we're working for the state and government, sometimes we get paid a, a good amount of money. You get the state rate, which you know it's called prevailing wage, and it's always pretty high. So if you looked at me when I was 25, you would think that this guy is on top of the world. I have a high paying job. My girlfriend was a model. I had just done a bodybuilding show. So I was quite literally in the best shape of my life. I had a sports car. I had a new apartment. Everything was quote unquote awesome. But I was pretty miserable. I, I was super insecure. I was not confident. I had no idea what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I didn't really have any future certainty. And my girlfriend one day came to me and she said, Hey, Kev, I want to move across the country. So we live on the East Coast. I want to move across the country and I want to chase my dreams. I want to live in Cali. I want to move to California. And I was so scarce, Nick, that I gave her every reason in the world not to do it. Gas is too high real estate's too high, blah, blah, blah. Just insert excuses here. And a couple of weeks later, she came back to me and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you. You're not the supportive, positive person you were at the beginning of this relationship. And I didn't sign up for this. And again, best thing she ever could have done. I'm very glad she went and chased her dreams and she's doing her dreams right now, which is incredible. But when she left me, I had a, a, a mirror moment where I looked in the mirror and realized I didn't like who I was as a man. I can't believe I tried to stop somebody from living their dreams. I can't believe I tried to hold somebody back because I was so scarce that I had to hold on to them. I was afraid of being left behind. 
And that's what happened anyway. So that was my initial dive into self-improvement. I started listening to different audiobooks. I was watching YouTube videos. I was dabbling with reading. And the thing that really landed for me at the beginning was positive affirmations. And every night before I went to bed, I would say, I'm talented, I'm handsome, I'm worthy. And this year, I'm going to make the most money I've ever made in my life. Because at a deep level, I assumed that money would fix the problems that I've had for most of my life. That next year, Nick, the universe, God, luck, whatever you want to call it, I get a promotion and I'm a foreman at at this weatherization company. And being a foreman means you're on the job from the start to the very end. And I was on the road that year for 10 months. So very similar to you, right? On the road very often. I was staying in very crappy hotels, in very sketchy parts of town, not sleeping a lot and living off fast food. But when I opened that final pay stub that year, right, I had been on the road for 10 out of those 12 months, I opened my final pay stub and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. But it was the same exact thing that happened as when my girlfriend left. I realized I put so much emphasis on the car, where I lived, what I looked like, the amount of money in my bank account. And I I was living for something that was not fulfilling me. These external things were not helping me. They were not healing me. They were not fulfilling me. And in that moment, I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. I did what everybody does. I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And I was just having cool conversations with cool people about stuff that I felt really mattered. We were going beneath the surface and talking about real feelings and real fears and real life. And it felt like I found my thing, but it was very hard to keep up with my thing while traveling and being in hotels with potentially no Wi-Fi or whatever it may be. So I started calling out of work. I would show up late. I just generally didn't care nearly as much about my job. And it got to the point where I would have to be seven hours away in New Jersey. I would go to sleep on a Sunday night. I'd go to sleep at 9 p.m. I'd wake up at midnight or you know one in the morning. I'd get up. I'd drive straight to the job site. I'd work a full day. And then I would go to the gym after. And on Fridays, I did the exact opposite because I just wanted to be home. I, I miss being home. I miss that certainty that I traded in. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I was in a hotel in New Jersey and my alarm clock went off at probably 5.15. It was a winter morning. It was cold. It was dark. It was just one of those mornings. And I woke up and I slid to the edge of the bed and I was lacing up my, my work boots. And the best way to explain it, Nick, is there's 10 televisions on in my head at the same time and every single one's on a different station. And one is saying, you're stuck here. One is saying, you'll never make this kind of money again. That's not going to happen. You got lucky. What are your friends going to think if you leave this job? What will your family think if you leave this job? And the loudest one for me was, do you really think you can be a successful podcaster? And I didn't. Truthfully, I did not. And in that moment, I felt like if I took my life, I would take my problems with me. Now, luckily, I have a very good circle around me. So I was able to message Alan, who's the the co-founder, the CEO, and the co-host of the podcast, and my best friend at this point. And I just said, hey, I'm really going through it. I'm having these weird, dark thoughts. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. And Alan has been mentoring me really since the beginning of this journey. He said, Kev, so much has changed for you over the past few years, but your environment hasn't changed that much. I think it's time to change your environment. 
And I left that job three or four months later, uh, went full-time into what we're doing today. I was broke for the next three years. My, I couldn't get my car fixed when it broke. I couldn't buy Christmas presents for my girlfriend, now fiance. I couldn't afford rent at some points. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people say like, well, I went from here to here. And it's like, yeah, but there's definitely some peaks and valleys in between. But yeah, now we're, we're Nick said, and every day is an opportunity to grow and learn, but we still have nightmares in this dream. Uh, it's not easy. It's definitely worth it though. I love that. Uh, that's in, an incredible story. And, and I love how you kind of sum that up where I think too often people have this, um, myself included, but have this idea of what success looks like. And it's either, you know, the money or the cars or the girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, um, or the house or the place that you live or the job title that you have, uh, or the physical, you know, body that you, that you're in, you could have all of that, <clears throat> but still, if, if you don't, if you're missing something inside, then, then, uh, there's, uh, an analogy that a friend of mine told me who was a monk, he's like, it's, it's the donut life. You've got, you've got the whole donut, but you're missing the entire center. Um, and you're, you're chasing all of this external stuff, but the center is missing. And the center is really what, you know, probably keeps us sane and, and gets us up in the morning. And, and that's where like goals and, and everything, you know, you've got something to aim for maybe. Um, Obviously, you kind of came to that realization uh, with with some dark moments in there as well. And luckily, you, you had that circle around you of, of people to kind of help push you through that. Going from, you know, having that job and, and the model girlfriend and the fit body and the income and all that stuff to chasing your dream and and being essentially broke for a couple years or or very close to it, if not broke. Um did you feel fulfilled chasing the dream? Was that like, while you were on that, on that path, was there a lot of doubt or were you like, no, this, I don't need the money anymore. I don't need the job title. I don't need the car. Like I'm doing what I love to do. And is that enough? Or was there kind of doubt along that path as well? Oh, there was definitely doubt along that path. I'm blessed because I've had a business partner since day one, which has helped me tremendously. And Alan, has the most belief in the world. So I definitely borrowed a lot from him. But I remember, Nick, I had this moment. So in order to make it affordable for me to chase my dreams, I left the place I was living and I moved in with one of my best friends. And he's chasing his dreams. I'm chasing mine. He says, it's 500 bucks a month. Let's do this. I'm like, cool. My rent is 1400 now. Awesome. Let's do it. So I moved in there. And I remember one day I was walking around the kitchen and I think I was making breakfast or something. I don't know what I was doing. But I remember thinking I have the least amount of money maybe ever that I've had in my bank account ever, probably. And at that point, I was probably $20,000 in credit card debt because I put everything on credit cards, business trips, whatever. And I remember thinking, but for the first time in my life, I actually like myself. And that was a weird feeling for me of, I think in a weird way, being broke and struggling and suffering and sacrificing showed me what really matters. I really think that. I mean, I didn't have any results anymore. I traded in all my results and then I tried to rebuild from the from a new foundation. So yeah, I, I definitely had my my limiting beliefs. I definitely had a lot of thoughts of not being able to make it, scarcity. But I do know that 
in the moment and now retrospectively, those were the best times. Those were the best times where we were just trying to figure it out and figure out how to make money and how to grow a business and how to get better as speakers and podcasters. But I would be lying if I didn't say this journey has been laced with doubt for me. I, I still have doubts. I, you know, like, is Nick, am I going to get on this podcast today and screw it up royally? Like I have those, of course, I always have those. It's, it's intriguing to me kind of those moments because I almost feel like like what you're saying when you had that that moment, you know, at breakfast uh, in the morning where you realize, OK, I might not have the external stuff, but I'm I'm like proud of myself for the journey that I'm taking and what I'm doing. And and I almost feel like we're trading in those moments. You're trading um, society's version of success for your own internal version of success, because clearly what you want to do is chase your dreams, chase your goals and go for it because the, you know, the biggest thing that we want to avoid, you know, on our deathbed is regret, regret, not trying, regret, not doing regret, not going for it. It doesn't matter whether you fail or succeed. It's, it's almost more like the regret of not even attempting it is way worse than the failure of not getting it in the first place. But we're, we're trading that for society's version of success sometimes where it's like, well, society thinks that we should, you know, be successful financially or, or have a house or the car or the, the spouse or whatever it is, you know, that, you know, externally, whether it be, you know, Instagram or TikTok or social media, or just like going to your high school reunion or whatever it is where like, you feel like you have to, um, prove yourself to, you know, this external social world, but really it's, it, it all comes down to like the internal self of like, well, if I, put all of that aside and I just chase what's really important to me, then I'll feel the pride of like going for it. Do you know what I mean? And it almost feels like that's kind of like that moment that you had there. I've definitely had a a similar, different in its own right for sure, but a similar journey. And and I I also have this um, continual thing that goes on in my mind where, so I'm a professional athlete. I, you know, left high school, never went to college. Um, didn't do the normal life. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and a lot of, you know, friends and family, um, I I don't know if I would say critique or, or definitely there was doubt. There was a lot of, you know, people saying, I think you should go to school and I think you should get a normal job and whatever. Cause, um, cause I just was going a different route where I was like, Oh, I'm going to chase my dream of being a professional athlete, of trying to kayak for a living. Like, arguably can't be done. There's very little money in the sport, but it's like, well, I'm going to try it first and then see if, you know, and if it doesn't work, then I'll go back to school and I'll get a job then. But I first want to try it and go for it. And even to this day, every now and then, cause you know, we've got two kids now and I've got a wife and a family to support and whatever. And, uh, and every now and then I'm like, maybe I need to get like a job and make some like real money and do whatever and whatever. And, and then I'll stop and I'll think, well, okay, if I had all the money in the world, what would I, what would I do if I had just, you know, somehow won the lottery, whatever, all this money came, what would I do with my life? And I'd be like, well, I would probably take that money and I would probably buy a truck and a trailer and I would travel the world with my family going on adventures and going kayaking. It's like, okay, well, if I'm already doing that, why try to like 
drop that ball to chase the goal to get what I've already got. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like this there's this like loop where we think money is the answer to it all, but really it's like, well, maybe we already have a lot of what we want and a lot of that is just chasing the goals or the ambitions that we have and just like forgetting the money. Do you know what I mean? I do. I I think it if you're in alignment with your core values, your core beliefs and your core aspirations. When I was working that job, I am I am super certainty driven. I I love certainty. I need certainty. Every single week I was working in a different town in a different state doing a different job, not no, on different hours, not knowing when I was going to be home. I traded in so much certainty to get money. And I think what happened was I let go of a lot of my core values and my core beliefs. And that's why I ended up regretting that. And now my core belief is that personal development can, can change the world. Self-improvement can change the world. So as long as I'm in alignment with my core values, my core beliefs, and my core aspirations, I think that's when you're really, really happy. That's when you're on purpose. When you feel on purpose, aligned, that's when you're the most fulfilled. And very rarely is that directly correlated with the amount of money in your bank account. Now, obviously, you need a certain amount of money to survive as a human being, for sure, right? For sure. But I think people value the journey and the feelings during the journey oftentimes more than the actual outcome. Genuinely, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm ever going to get a plaque that says, congrats, you're the best podcast ever. I don't think that's going to happen. But I'll tell you that one of the benefits of starting something just starting it is you learn things that you never would have learned. You can't learn anything about level two on the video game unless you go through level one and you got to at least turn the game on to try worst case scenario. It doesn't work. But to your point, I, I don't want to regret not trying my grandmother. When I left, I remember she said, and my grandmother is the sweetest, but she didn't know anything about podcasting. She doesn't know anything about social media or coaching or any of that. And she's like, so what are you going to, like, when are you going to get another job? And I said, Mima, I call her Mima. I say, Mima, I will never punch a time card for somebody else. I can't. It's not who I am. I, that's why I think I've been so miserable for all of these years. I've always wanted to work for me. I've always wanted to do my own thing. The worst days as an entrepreneur, and again, it's easy to say now, but the worst days as an entrepreneur are genuinely better than the best days for me working for somebody else. But that's me. That's my personal opinion and feeling and journey. It's not going to be like that for everybody. You got to figure out what's right for you. Not mom, not dad, not your teachers, not your friends. When you go to bed, you lay your head down on that pillow at the end of the night. What do you want? Because you talk to you more than you talk to anybody else, for sure. Yeah. And, and I love how you say, what do you want? Because each of us, you know, our lives are all different. We're all unique. And therefore you know, what is in alignment for us or, or for me is going to be different for you versus different from, you know, your next door neighbor and so forth. Um, so everybody really just has to kind of figure out exactly, you know, what's important to them, what's in alignment for them and, and kind of chase that path. When you were, when you were talking about self-improvement and, and kind of when you were going through that dark area and, and really kind of diving deep into that, you said you had read some books and podcasts and, and YouTube videos and stuff like that. Was there any in particular or any either author or speaker or uh, video channel or anything that you found more than the rest was the most helpful for you going through it? Yeah, it's, it's different. It, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was one of the reasons I started podcasting. 
genuinely. But I remember I was laying in bed watching YouTube on my phone and he was having a conversation, I believe with Duncan Trussell, who is a friend of his and just super hyper-conscious, always thinking very, very deep. And I remember they talked about, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, why are you doing it? And for some reason, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? What is that thought process? I've never thought of that before. That shifted something in me for sure. But what I think I did from the beginning is I tried to unlearn first. I think that a lot of people, myself included, in the past, we go out and we listen to books and we listen to audiobooks and we listen to podcasts. And it's like, I know there's something happening, but it doesn't seem like it's changing me at the level that it could. And I think that when you're born, you're born as a seed and you're planted into soil that might be toxic and you have no control over it. You don't know how often it gets watered, sunlight. You have no clue what nutrients are in it. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line, you're learning all this stuff. But I think a lot of that knowledge just lands on top of what was toxic soil. And it doesn't get down to the root of who you are as a human being. And that's why unlearning is so important. When you unlearn, so if you think of that toxic soil, that's your conditioning. That's the conditioning around you. Can't do this. Can't be loud. I'm too shy. I'm too this. I'm not this. I'm not enough this. Nothing can really, really, really change your life like unconditioning parts of your life that aren't actually even yours. So I think that when I when I started thinking hyper-consciously, that was me saying why it, our slogan was change the way you think, change the way you act, change the way you live. But it started with changing the way you think. And a lot of the reasons and the ways we think are based on the, the ways we were raised. And that's where I started. So for me, it was trying to unlearn who Kevin thought he was supposed to be. That was my initial journey, I would say. That's that's incredible and and great it like advice in general it's amazing one of the things that i have found personally through um the fortune that has come with me being able to travel the world i i find myself extremely fortunate to have that opportunity but being able to travel the world <clears throat> and learn from different people in different cultures is i have recognized how much of life is what we are taught you know, whether it be whether it be religion, whether it be food, whether it be politics, whether it be, you know, um, anything that we think of in life, it's it's really been taught down from us. Like you learn to eat the foods that you eat because somebody taught you that this food's good or this food's bad. Or like, why do Americans eat, you know, cows and hamburger where in India they don't? And why do we not eat horses here while in Iceland they do? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just all culturally the way we were different taught thing or taught different things. Um, but part of that too, is that same mentality of like, how much have you been taught, oh, well, you can't do this because you're not that person or you can't do that because you don't have enough money or you can't do this. Like there's just so much like can't that has been like taught to us um, or almost like put up these barriers of like, oh, well, you can only do that if you've done this or you've proved that or whatever. And it's like, well, no, everybody can do everything if we just really set our mind to it. And and I, I kind of, I joke about it, but, but I truly believe that like if you if you fully focus and fully dedicate your life, I mean, my belief anyway, is that I can do anything in this world. And, and I joke that I'm like, well, if I wanted to be, you know, the world's best NASCAR driver, 
I bet I could do that if I put enough time and dedication into it. Do I want to spend all that time on the track? No, I don't. I love what I'm doing, so I'm going to continue doing that. But but the idea too that there's there's always like the next mountain. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think you kind of tapped on this a little bit earlier, but how you might achieve success in something. And, and I think you had said something along the lines of like, well, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not waiting for the, the plaque that says world's greatest podcaster, but it's like, even if you did achieve, like somebody sent you that plaque or, or you got the title, you know, world's best podcaster. I don't think that's going to be enough. There's always going to be another mountain to climb another, another goal to achieve. And, and I realized that early on, I think I won the world championships when I was 20 or 21. And for me, that was such a huge goal. And I was like, so driven for it. And it was all I could, you know, eat, think, drink, sleep, like everything was just like focused on winning the world championships. And definitely, um, you know, whether whether I was like, uh, whether it's manifestation or just a simply a butt ton of work, you know, I, it definitely it all went into it. But it was a goal of mine. And I achieved it. And then I wake up the next day. And it was like, huh, this is cool. I'm now the world champion. And then that like that whole day was great. And then the following day, so day two of, you know, after winning the Worlds, I'm like, nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing has changed except now I'm, I, I don't have a goal. And you hear this a lot with like Olympic athletes too, where whether they're Olympic champions or not, you know, people are so focused, like hyper-focused, laser-focused on that goal of the Olympics and that gold medal, and that when the Olympics are over, you almost go through this like lull of depression of like, well, well, what now? Because I'm so lost because my goal is over. Um, and and so I, I constantly remind myself since this experience that like no matter what the goal is, it's only literally like a peak on the never-ending climb. Because, and, and definitely like, I also encourage people to, you know, relish in the success. Like if, if, you know, if you have success in life, take a moment and celebrate for sure. Like don't, don't just go straight to the next thing. Like, you know, you, you've worked hard for it, but don't wait too long before you set a new goal and, and continue on that path for something for the next thing, whatever that could be. Do you know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, there was there was a whole year after the world championships where I was lost. Like it maybe I'm a slow learner. It maybe I don't know why it took me a whole year, but it was just like I was so confused because I was like, "Well, what now?" Do you like I just didn't understand. Maybe I was still pretty young, but um but yeah, it seems like you've kind of on that same thing of just like the continual growth no matter what it is and obviously you've had great success in in all your different businesses. Um have you noticed any is there any attributes or is there anything that you're like, there's similarities um, in all the different successes that I've had in life where it's like, oh, here's, because that's like the things that I look for is I'm like, when there's the key, uh, like key things that I'm continually doing the same and producing the similar results every time, I'm like, okay, that's something that I really need to take note of as like, this might actually really help me with success in all aspects of life, not just, you know, athletics or, or whatever it might be. So through all your journeys, through, through the businesses, through the podcast, through the self-improvement that you've done, is there any key points where you're like, Hmm, here's some similarities that continually bring positive results in my life? Yeah, I would say number one is self-awareness, understanding, understanding and having humility to admit what you're good at and what you're not good at. 
I, I believe humility is the recognition of actual truth. So if you were to say, hey, Kev, I think you're a really great podcaster. If I say, ah, oh, Nick, no way, I'm not that good. And I really feel like I am good. That's not me being humble. That's me deflecting. But if I say, Nick, I've just done this a thousand times. Thank you so much for the compliment. I, I really appreciate it. My goal is to get better. I think that's real humility. I think that I've really tried to have the self-awareness to admit that there are certain things that I'm really good at and there are certain things that I'm just not. I'm not that great at and I can shore up those weaknesses. But I think back to when I used to grapple, I did jujitsu for a, a short time back in the day. I wanted to fight professionally. That was one of my goals. And I remember connecting pretty quickly that I am not nearly as technical as these people and I am not nearly as flexible, but I'm strong and I have a really good gas tank. If I can wear them out and drag them into deep water, I got a chance. But if I go technical for technical, I am in trouble. In baseball, there was, I didn't have the best arm. I was really fast and I was a consistent hitter. There were certain things. So I got put in positions, second base. I don't have to have that good of an arm. Shortstop, decent arm, you know, but I'm not playing the outfield and I'm not playing third. In terms of the entrepreneurial thing, yeah, I'm not the CEO for a reason. I started the company. I, it, it's mine. I started the Hyperconscious podcast myself. It was mine. When it was time for us to figure out, like, what is this company going to look like? Alan and I had the conversation and we determined Alan should be the CEO. Alan is the visionary. I'm not. I'm the CFO because I love money. I'm very focused on it. I can think more short term in terms of finances and in the mission. And I think that's just through self-awareness and humility. We make the joke that there's how many companies are there that have seven CEOs? That's not real. You don't need seven CEOs. You need one. It, it, but that's ego. It's the ego of like, got to be number one. I got to be number one. Being number two is okay at a really, really good place. Being number five is okay. Being number 40 is okay. Not everybody's meant to be number one. So I think for me, it's that self-awareness. It's the self-awareness to realize, look, if you try to be something you're not, not only are you holding yourself back, but you're probably holding the mission back. There are just certain things that I'm just not that good at. There are certain things I'm very, very good at. Stay, I try to stay in my genius zone. So that's what I would say is, Stay in your genius zone. That, that would be the advice I would give is when you find out what you're good at, try to stay there as long as you can, as much as you can, and you know, automate, eliminate, delegate the other stuff because only you can do certain parts of your life. Make sure you're doing them. That's phenomenal advice. Would you say to find that genius zone, is that similar to kind of following your passion or do you find those two separate things? And, and if so, how do you find that genius zone? It's, I think you have to get into the weeds of it. So I think it has to do with your passions, but it's how do you operate in the day-to-day -day of your passions? So it's like, um, for you, there are probably certain things when it comes to your sport that other people can do on your behalf. Like maybe you don't need to wax your kayak. I don't know if that's something you do, but you know, maybe you don't need to do that or maybe you don't need to repaint it or maybe you don't need to, whatever it is, you need to be in the water paddling. That's the only thing that other people can't do that you can. That's why you're the, you're the one. So I think that when you start it, you figure out what are the things that actually go into this? The only thing I can't have somebody else do is this. 
I can't say like, Hey, you're going to podcast for me today. I can't that this is my genius zone. I've done it so much. So I've set up my life where I do 20, 30 interviews a month, right? Because that's my jam. I love doing it. I think it starts with you trying it and then figuring out like, what can I start testing out? I think you have to be like in the weeds enough to know, okay, this is what I love doing. Cause there's a big difference between loving something and being good at it. I think there's a, there's a pretty big difference between that. And then there's like the other thought of, I love rapping, right? But I'm most likely not going to make it to the top of rap. It's probably not in the cards for me. Now, let me go all in on my one thing. And as my time frees up, because if you get really good at one thing and you master that one thing and you become the best at that, there's so many other options at that point. The Rock can do whatever he wants. Right, he could start a tequila brand. He's working with Under Armour. He's a movie star. Do whatever he wants at this point; it doesn't matter, because he got really good at his one thing. So, yeah, I think that you kind of got to get in the weeds. You need to have a an inner view before you can start taking things off and figuring out. Okay, is this really my genius zone? You'll know when you start. Yep. That, no, I I absolutely love that, and, and it reminds me of a conversation actually I was having uh, with a friend last night, and we were talking about we essentially the genius zone, not referring it to that, but I really like that uh, that title for it. But talking about like doing what you're good at, and then delegating everything else, and we were discussing how delegation sometimes can be extremely difficult. And and it's something that I'm very aware that I need to do, but it also is like really hard for me to let go sometimes. And I know that not letting go and not delegating is holding me back in a lot of ways. Did you ever go through a period of like trying to figure out how to delegate and, and letting go and, and trying to, you know, I guess just giving permission for other people to take hold of something that maybe you started and and was like a passion of yours. Yeah, we, so when we got down to the podcast and trying to figure out how are we going to make money, one of the conversations Alan and I had was, and somebody else, one of our other friends brought this to me. They said, what if you help other podcasts start and like grow and you, you do stuff for them? And I was like, that's interesting. Okay. I started doing that myself. So I ended up getting a client. And I was doing all of his audio editing, all of his video editing, teaser clips, everything. I was doing that on top of the three episodes a week we were doing. And then I had that moment of, okay, this is not sustainable. And to your point, this is not my genius zone. I shouldn't be audio editing, video editing, because that's holding me back from doing more content and becoming a better speaker. So I, yeah, we, we built a team and it was very, very challenging for me to say, is this going to be up to my standard? You know, are they going to care as much as I do? Uh, what happens if something goes wrong? Are they going to take this as seriously as I do? And I think that if you have the the growth mindset and the understanding of 1% improvements, you realize pretty quickly that you're really holding yourself back by not delegating because if you don't delegate, you can't improve the delegation process. And there again, our team is better at this stuff than I am. So it is a win. It's a win. And then this is the other thing too, for somebody out there who might not be at the point where they can delegate to somebody who is better than them. If somebody can do something 80% as well as you, and you can go do something 100% as well as you, you're getting 180% of productive output versus just 80 
you doing it, and then 100 later. So you're doubling and tripling and quadrupling your efficiency, even if it's not 100% standard. And I think that's an important thing. So many people are perfectionists, and that actually holds them back. If the person you delegate to is not a perfectionist, that's probably a good thing, as long as it's up to your standard. So I've definitely had a lot of a lot of struggles with that, but that was one of the best things ever. Yeah, we would we definitely would not be where we are today if we didn't have the team we do. No. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal advice and and something that I'm gonna take to heart because definitely something that I need more uh help with is is just focusing on delegation and and trying to let go of that kind of perfectionist uh outlook of like trying to have hands on and be like, well, I need to do this because I need to do this when really that's not the case at all with somebody else. And, and to your point, someone else might even be better at it than I am. It doesn't just because I think I'm good. Doesn't mean that I'm actually the best. Like there actually might be other people that are even better at that same exact task. So love that idea of getting into the genius zone, delegating the rest. Um, for anybody that's just kind of like, whether they're in, you know, the darkest times right now, whether they're trying to grow a business, start a business, leave a, a current job, what would be like the best advice that you would have for them? You've kind of given us lots of advice already, but whether it be, you know, your your younger 25-year-old self or or just another guy or a girl in a similar scenario kind of in that place, what advice do you have for them today? Oh man. Uh I would say don't delude yourself into thinking you're going to be successful because you want to be. I really mm. believe that. I think for a while we were in that hustle culture, grind, don't sleep, sleep four hours a night. Sleep's not important. Sleep is the most important thing physiologically. Well, one of the most. So I think we went from that polar to only do what you feel like. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. And it's like, you cannot start a business based on that. If you start a business based on that belief, I believe you're going to struggle at a fairly high level. I think you have to have the, the humility and the honest conversation with yourself of, first of all, do I even know anything about business or do I just want to start a business because it's super easy now and everybody else is doing it? Same thing with a podcast. The lower barrier to entry, the higher the failure rate. It just is. It just is because there's less certifications you have to cross through to actually get through that door. So number one, make sure you actually understand business. You understand numbers, you understand margins, you understand sales, marketing, whatever is personal to you, but figure out what you're good at and then figure out if what you want to do in the world is actually needed. That's a whole, I mean, that's a very important thing. You might have the best idea in the world, but if nobody wants it, you're going to be in for a, a rough go. And then the, the last thing I would say is focus on community. Really, really focus on your community. When you think of, what's a good example of this? Uh, my fiance and I ordered something from Wayfair.com and it didn't come, just didn't get here. And we, it, the process was very easy. We typed something in we said it didn't arrive. And they said, oh my God, we're so sorry. Here's a, here's a coupon for 30% off your next purchase or something. Like that type of customer service, really providing for your community, remembering that your community is the only reason you're going to be successful. That is the key to everything. And I think that's why we've grown as much as we have, because we know our community. I know if people are single, if they're in relationships, where they live, 
how confident they are, what they want out of life. I believe that understanding your community can set you apart from most businesses, most companies, most brands. I think it's very underutilized and one of the most valuable things in the world. That is incredible. Talking about community, um, you, you've got uh, Next Level University. Kind of just tell us a little bit about, about your podcast, about your show, and uh, what it's all about. Yeah, our brand is heart-driven, but no BS, holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. A lot of people talk about how to be healthier. Love it. But they don't necessarily talk about making more money. A lot of people talk about making more money, but they don't talk about how to succeed in your relationship or you know, other things. So our goal is to have a holistic approach. I don't want to be wealthy and out of shape. I don't want to be wealthy and lonely. I want to have it all. And I think everybody can have it all if they're willing to put in that work. So that's our podcast. We drop an episode every single day, seven episodes a week. And we're on all the podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Next Level University is the jam. That is awesome. I love that mission. I love I love that type of content. Um, Kevin, I'm going to move us on to the next segment of the show, the fire round, as I feel like I could probably sit here and talk with you all day. I think we're probably on very similar uh, mind lengths. You might be a little bit farther ahead than me, but that's totally, that's totally good. I love to learn from people like you. So moving on to the fire round, um, firing a couple quick questions. Kevin, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Your reality becomes the parts of your imagination you hold on to the longest. Wow. Wow. I love that. That's, that's some thought provoking quote right there. Um, do you by chance have a favorite book or a most recent book that you've been reading? Favorite book. Uh, one of the books I really enjoyed was the future is faster than you think. I believe it's by Stephen Kotler and Peter Diamandis. Hmm. I haven't read that one. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, and I feel like we've kind of tapped on this, so it might be something you've already said, but what might, uh, that one piece of advice be? Oh man, try to connect the results and feelings you have in your life to years ago, not weeks or months ago. Like really think about your past past, not your recent past, like your past past. That's probably why you're getting the results you're getting today. Mm. Amazing. This is one of my favorite questions of the show. Uh, Kevin, if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done to now, all of your episodes, all of your podcasts, all your videos, everything that you've done, all your success was to go with you. And all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen, and you could write down three truths, three things that you believe to be true. What might those three truths be? Oh, man. You do not get what you deserve. You get what you work for. That would be one. It's your responsibility to not pass on the traumas that you've suffered to other people. That would be number two. And if you can get familiar with and control the potentially negative parts of your ego, your life will be drastically better. Wow. Kevin, you have been dropping so many 
knowledge bombs and nuggets of gold, as I like to say on this show. Thank you so very much for your time. Something that I try to do for all of my guests, because I gain so much value from these conversations, as I try to give back as much as I can as well. So is there something that you're currently focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, it's really the podcast. We have a free course. If you want more value for free, we have a free course on our website. But other than that, this is awesome. And I love the opportunity to talk and impact and and chat with you. So I'm just grateful for the time today and and your wonderful questions, your wonderful energy and, and being a part of your mission as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much, Kevin. For people that want to check out more about you, want to follow along your podcast, your website, uh, where where should I send them to? What's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, just search at uh, search Next Level University on any of the podcast platforms or YouTube. And I am at Never Quit Kid. And that is on Instagram. I will get back to your DM if you send me one. And is, is your website uh, nextleveluniversity.com or what's that? It's nextleveluniverse.com. We're okay. in, the pers- in, the, in the process of purchasing university. Awesome. Love that. Um, final question of the day for you, Kevin. What is your definition of awesome? My definition of awesome. Hmm. I would say being in alignment with the future that you want. I think that's awesome. That is awesome. Again, thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for all this knowledge that you've just dropped on us. Um, I think this is probably one of those episodes that people are going to want to listen to twice to really soak it all in. I hope all of you guys listening got as much value as I did. And if you did, please, I highly encourage you guys to share this out with someone else that you think might need to hear this, might need to hear Kevin's encouragement, his knowledge, and his energy. Um, so please, if you guys could share that out, that would be awesome for me, for our listeners and help us build that community as a whole. Thank you again, everyone for tuning in. Please go check out Kevin on next level university and check it out on his website, on Instagram. All of that will be in the show notes. And as always, I am Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all a truly awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.